This is 105.9 The Region, and you're listening to Discovery, the radio show for podcasters. Your content, unfiltered. This is Discovery. Welcome to Podcast, produced by students in the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media program at Durham College. Hey, welcome to Coffee Break. I'm your host, Stuart Bennell. Today on the show, we're going to review the 2018 album Show Some Love from Toronto Acapella and Barbershop Quartet, Young Guns. Young Guns have made a name for themselves over the last seven years as one of the finest quartets in Ontario. They've performed in cities across Ontario, the United States, and even at the Edinburgh Festival Fringe in 2018, where they sang many of the songs from their first album, Show Some Love. Show Some Love has 12 tracks, ranging from more typical barbershops such as My Lady Loves to Dance, my lady loves to dance, my lady loves to sing, my lady to more contemporary a cappella, like their cover of Jacob Collier's Hideaway. My hideaway, my hideaway. They also include a number of songs from musical theatre productions, like I Could Be Happy With You from The Boyfriend, and Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story from the 2015 smash Broadway hit, Hamilton. When I was young and dreamed of glory, you have no control. There are songs on this album for pretty much any mood. If you're looking for a relaxed R&B vibe, look no further than Young Guns' cover of All My Life by KC and JoJo. And I thank God that I finally found you. For a more intense uptune that showcases their technique, there's I'm a Train, originally by King Singers. Young Guns really come into their own when they perform emotional ballads. I will confess that Secondhand White Baby Grand and When I Look at You have both reduced me to tears on more than one occasion. When I look at you she is touching, touching. One of the things I really love about this album is that two-thirds of the songs were arranged by members of the quartet, one of whom is their lead, Greg Mallett. But we didn't want to include stuff that a bunch of other groups had already re recorded a whole, like, a number of times. And as excellent as it is to include songs that were arranged by quartet members, what really makes this album stand out to me is that the title song, Show Some Love, is an original composition by Young Guns bass, Reuven Greiner. I did want to write something for this group, because I think writing an arrangement for Barbershop or for voice parts is different than writing for Chris, Jonah, Reuven, and Greg, right? That's very different. What compelled me to write it is this explosion of, oh, Oh my god, like electronic music is like top 40. That's an epiphany. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, Motown is like borrows a lot from electronic music today. And then like, oh my god, we can do a bridge that's like queen and like bombastic with harmonies. So it's, it kind of all happens at the same time. And then when it clicks and then I have to do it in a, in a sitting. Show Some Love is available for physical and digital purchase through their store at younggunsquartet.com and is available to stream on Amazon Music, Google Music, Spotify, and Apple Music. Well, that's all for Coffee Break for this week. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to join me next week for another chat over a fine cup of coffee. Until next week, take care, stay caffeinated, and have a lovely day. You are listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. No matter where I go, I'm always gonna want you back. 
I'm Valentina and welcome to the Hourly Talk. For this new episode, I had the chance to talk to a Canadian content creator. His name is Anthony Smith, he's a graphic designer, actor and podcaster from Quebec. At just 20 years old, Anthony has worked with big names such as Netflix, YouTube, NBC, has designed merchandise for YouTubers such as Miranda Sings, and a coloring book for the late night show A Little Late with Lily Singh, another Canadian talent. Anthony joined me over Zoom and as we discuss his podcast, Sunset Drive, which flips the traditional interview in favor of a more casual conversation. Here's a clip from our chat. So what did inspire you to make the podcast? The podcast was more like I was in dire need of a project. I could not work in the place that I was working at anymore because of the pandemic. So I was like, I just, I'm at home, I'm bored, I need something to do. I miss talking with creatives. And I was talking with one of my friends who's a, uh, an, an actor, and we were talking about how he doesn't like press junkets. It's always the same questions. It's always like, you're so used to answering the same questions that it comes to a point where like, it's not even genuine anymore when you answer. It's like an automatic response to each of the questions. And so I was like, oh, like I would love to create a format where actors could like, really feel like people instead of presenting them as like actors and putting them on a pedestal and being like oh my god they're amazing they're they are they totally are but at the core they're humans and i think um by ha having media outlets put them on this like golden platter thing with cancel culture and stuff like that it feels like people are entitled to judge them and tear them down the way that they do and pick them apart like bit by bit it's awful to me I'm like, if I created a format that made them feel more human and real people, just like me and you, who just happen to have a different job that the world gets to see. I was just like, that would be so cool. And I called it Sunset Drive. A lot of people thought it was because of Sunset Curve, but I called it Sunset Drive because some of the most impactful and um, the most, I think impactful would be the word, the most impactful conversations I've had in my life were had in a car during a road trip or a late night car drive with my friends in the darkness, stopping at McDonald's. Like that's always been like where I have the best quality conversation where we really let it out on the open road. And because that resonates so much with me, I was like the sunset drive. It's like the drive we take. Um, and then I came up with like a cute little slogan, you know, cause life is a ride. So I created the drive, like it became like a thing. And now I love it. I love that it's like a car themed. He was a really amazing person to talk to. I really learned a lot from our conversation and I'm sure he has a bright future coming his way with his creation and all of his projects. Make sure to follow him on Instagram at Anthony Graphics and Twitter at Anthony Smith. Thank you so much for listening. We'll catch up next week right here on The Hourly Talk. You are listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. You're listening to the Birch Boy Weekly Podcast, hosted by Khalil Birch. Hello, hello, I'm Khalil Birch. Welcome to the Birch Boy Show. This is a show where we talk everything entertainment from gaming to movies and shows. I hope you're doing well today. Today on the Birch Boy Show, we're talking gaming. Welcome, welcome. I know the COVID-19 pandemic has not been uh, very pleasant for anybody. Um, it has quite literally locked people in their homes. People are looking for things to occupy their time. 
I wish I was those people that, you know, did other things other than video games to better myself. But hey, <laughs> I love video games. What can I say? But to you out there who are bettering themselves by improving your diet, working out, good for you. Good for you. Keep it up. <laughs> I wish I could wing this gaming gaming thing off, but I just love it too much. So gamers have just been honestly living the life. And I speak for all gamers when I say this. Being locked down at home has never been so great. <laughs> so gaming has rapidly been increasing in popularity even prior to this pandemic. Games like Call of Duty Warzone, a first-person battle royale shooter, has rapidly grown during this pandemic. The game has 75 million active players by August, up from 30 million in late March. Even already super popular sports games saw a significant increase, like FIFA added 7 million new players, doubling the players added in the same period last year. Isn't that 7 million? This game's already super popular. 2K20 saw an 82% increase in active players. Definitely tied into not being able to watch basketball early in this pandemic. I don't know if you guys seen, but on ESPN and these sports channels, they actually had athletes playing against each other. It was really cool. I bumped into my dad watching it on television and I was like, wait, what? This is on TV? These guys are playing 2K on TV? What a day to be alive, man. 2020 COVID. Well, it's 2021 now, but dang, that is crazy. So you must be thinking, wow, gaming has really benefited from this pandemic. Isn't that crazy? But nah, yes and no. Um, digital sales and gaming activity has skyrocketed. But when it comes to games being developed in the new console launches, like the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, I feel like these have suffered big time. Um, games being developed... Uh, a lot of studios were pushing games back. Um, Cyberpunk, to be honest, uh, is the only game I'll think about being pushed back because that was pushed back like three or four times. Um, but a lot of other games were being pushed back and developers found themselves tweeting out messages and messaging the public pretty much saying that because of COVID, we're going to have delays, we're going to have issues, right? So that was a negative when it comes to the gaming industry. Um, also, for the new console launches, uh, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, uh, huge stock issues, man. Like it's it's impossible to get hold of these consoles, and it makes me so happy that I decided to buy a PS or a PS5, a PC during this pandemic because it is impossible. I'm a huge Xbox guy. I usually buy these consoles at launch, um, and luckily because of my transition, I didn't need to. But dude, it's literally impossible to get hold of these consoles, and scalpers are part of the issue probably the biggest issue these guys have bought hundreds of these consoles and if you guys don't know who a scalper is or what they do they buy consoles at the regular price and then they inflate them they buy them they stock them at their own inventory and then they they make you pay thousands of bucks for them online it is insane and it works apparently because these scalpers have a lot of these consoles and it is impossible to get hold of them so what have you been doing during this pandemic? Um, if you guys couldn't tell, I've been gaming. <laughs> I bought this new PC and I love it. Um, I, I won't talk too much about it, but I hope whatever you've been doing has been benefiting you in some way, occupying your time, keeping your emotions up, keeping yourself happy during this pandemic because it has been tough for everybody. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. This has been your boy Khalil Birch from The Birch Boy Show. I hope you have a good one. Stay safe. You are listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College.
Hi, this is Shivang Brahmat and welcome to my show Lunch Date with Desi where today I'm going to talk about the biggest protest that has happened in India. Well, some of them have lost their lives in that and the people who are supporting the farmers are from all over the world. While talking about Canada, Canada will have to face a major drawback in receiving the vaccines coming up next. Hello and welcome to my show Lunch Date with Desi and as you know what is the concern I am reaching out today well the biggest protest that has happened in India has made all stunned by the decision that the government has made well the government said that the bill which they are going to pass will benefit the farmers and the small businesses which are run by farmers now according to them the farmers believe that the bill is not in the favor instead the bill will create a chaos in the market and in the life of a farmer the bill is basically stating that the crops which is produced by the farmers will directly go to the private companies which will pay them. Now look into this. The government based company will benefit the farmers whereas the private company may or may not be biased with this bill. Because they can pay the farmers less in according to earn more money. The rumors say that the military was also going to be privatized so the government will no longer look into any sector which holds a major margin in India. Well to be honest privatizing the military has its own pros and cons, they will get enough salary that they are not getting run out due to the political effect. And on the other hand, Canada will have to face some serious measures in receiving vaccines. So the Pfizer vaccine is delayed in Canada due to some reasons. Duckford announced to stay home and stay safe in this hard time. Whereas the cases all over Ontario are rising gradually, we have to take every sort of actions to prevent going out for no reasons. Now, over 200,000 Canadians have received this vaccine so far, but to control over the virus, we have to make sure that we stay immunized. Well, about 83,000 long-term care residents, staff and caregivers, uh, 25,000 retirement home residents and 99,000 healthcare workers and other sectors have received the first dose of this vaccine. Now, the reason behind this delay is the slowdown production of P Pfizer vaccine, which has resulted in the delivery delay in Canada. Moreover, at last I would just say do not go out for any reason until and unless it's so important and that way we can prevent this virus. Well, thanks for listening to my show Lunch Day with Desi. I am Shivang Brahmat and see you guys next time. Thanks for listening to podcasts produced by the Broadcasting for Radio and Contemporary Media Program at Durham College. Do you have an idea or a podcast to share? Send it to us here at Discovery, the radio show for podcasters on 105.9 The Region. You're listening to New Music on the Region, an interview-based podcast that showcases new music and provides industry insight. I'm your host, Christina Lavecchia, Music Director at 105.9 The Region. Whether it's a brand new talent or an established artist, we bring you conversations with performers from York Region and beyond. This week on New Music on the Region, we're doing something a little different. We're speaking with a researcher and entrepreneur who wants to increase the number of cancer-fighting technologies so that more solutions make it to those in need. And she is hoping to do that with the support of musicians. Joining us is Mona Javeri, the founder of Music Beats Cancer, a nonprofit based in the United States. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me. Thank you so much, Christina, for having me. So let's start off by telling listeners about your professional background and what inspired you to launch Music Beats Cancer. Yeah, sure. So I started off as a cancer researcher and um, I worked in, in the United States and at the National Cancer Institute. And I 
sort of fell into this journey because um, when we were in the lab, we had discovered a therapy, a DNA-based therapy that we thought could be a treatment for cancer, specifically ovarian cancer. And as you may know, ovarian cancer is one of the deadliest cancers for women. And we decided that in order to ad advance this technology, I had to basically leave my work as an academic scientist and transition into what we call a biotech entrepreneur. And with that, I had a very different role. Instead of doing research, I was doing commercialization of the science. And from there, I started hiring and raising funds and learning the ropes of what it takes to uh, move a, an idea that was born in an academic laboratory uh, to the clinic, basically, or the market, as they say, so that people in need could actually access it. And while I was on that journey, I realized how difficult it was to raise funds. And that's when I sort of was up against this thing we call the Valley of Death, which is not a real place, but it's a metaphorical place uh, that is where we say great ideas go to die because they lack the funds to move forward. And so I realized that that was a big problem and that the public was unaware of the valley of death and the public is unaware of, of the problem that, you know, that they think that we've been donating to research and we should find the cure, basically. But that's not what's really happening. We, we are doing research. Ideas are being created out of the research, but not all of them are moving forward. And so I set out to launch Music Beats Cancer to address this breakdown because I understood that so long as we are doing research and we have ideas and we're innovating, but if we can't actually move these ideas forward because we run out of money, it's going to be a problem. So that's why I started Music Beats Cancer. And essentially, it's a platform for innovators who are working on cancer fighting technologies to get on our platform and raise funds through the crowd of charitable donors. Um, and essentially, we charitable organization then pass that donation to the company and then the company receives the funding as a grant and they use that badly needed money to advance their technologies. So that was basically the journey which was something that I literally lived through and decided that you know this sort of this cancer organization needs to come at fighting the war on cancer but from a different angle where there is really a breakdown and where we can address it. I'm speaking with Mona Javeri, the founder of Music Beats Cancer, a nonprofit that aims to increase the number of cancer fighting technologies with the help of emerging artists. You mentioned lack of funding. With an illness that affects so many people, why is there this lack of funding? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a great question. It's a disease of huge proportions and, and, and also worldwide. And we're seeing cancer spike in areas where they never, it never used to be the problem it was, particularly in Asia and China, um, where lung cancer now is really, really skyrocketing. And so, yeah, it begs the question, well, why isn't this happening? And so one of the issues when we do discover something, an idea, we, we run up against a funding drought because investors who could invest in, in these companies don't because these technologies are too early. They're too risky. They take too much cash. They take too long to get to market. And in fact, they're just not ripe for an investment. 
And, and therein lies the problem. There's no real good money out there to support these early stage ideas. And so inevitably, they succumb to the valley of death. And that's why I started Music Beats Cancer, because I realized the right money is what I call passion capital. Other people would call non-dilutive funds. But it's monies that are charitable that can support these efforts. And the idea is that the, these efforts, they need to prove principle. We need to determine whether or not they work, because in fact, most of them fail. And I like to say sometimes that if we don't invest in failure, we're never going to succeed. We have to keep trying and figuring out what's going to work in order to move forward. Um, and, the, and the right kind of money is charitable or grant. It's not investments. And yet there's so few places where innovators can find this type of money. And in terms of music artists, how are they selected and what are their roles in raising funds? Music and charity has always been something that has gone together. And I think the reason for that is because music is a torch. It is a medium for, for change and to help instill new thinking and new cultural norms so I don't think that that's anything novel. I think our approach is novel in that. And so what we have done is we partnered with emerging artists. And actually, a lot of these emerging artists we have discovered through Reverb Nation, which is a portal for musical artists. And we select artists not by talent per se, but by drive and by those who align with our cause and who wish, or I should say, wish to align their voice with our mission. Um, and then what we do is we've put on what we call challenges, where we challenge the artists to a fundraising challenge, which is the artist that raises the most will get something unique, perhaps a meeting with a record label or a way to perform at South by Southwest or a major festival. So we create interesting incentives that could help the artists as they help us rally what we're doing and raise money. Are there any current events happening or upcoming events that an artist could look forward to in terms of that? Yeah, I, I, I wish there was. Um, we did have these going on, but with COVID, we uh, are not doing anything, uh, at least physical, and we're trying to come up with, okay, how do we do something interesting and amazing that's virtual? But we are adding another sort of program to our platform, and that's a virtual raffle of sorts where donors can participate in a virtual raffle and the winner will get something special also. And it could be, say, a video call or Zoom call with a celebrity artist or, or even a lesson by a famous celebrity musician. So we're coming up with other strategies in this COVID era to um, incentivize the artists, incentivize the crowd, which we think is important. I'm speaking with Mona Javeri, the founder of Music Beats Cancer, a nonprofit that aims to increase the number of cancer-fighting technologies with the help of emerging artists. Over $114,000 has been raised according to your website, musicbeatscancer.org. Is there a particular goal your organization is looking to accomplish? Yeah, so in the future, we, we want to have hundreds of campaigns on our platform. Like right now, as you see, we have a, just a handful, of, uh, maybe three that are active, and we've got more coming on. But in future, we want to have hundreds of ideas on our platform where people are raising money, donating, um, learning. Um, we want to have 
thousands of artists from all over the world uh, on our platform sort of evangelizing what we're doing. And ultimately, you know, what's happening is when these uh, companies come to us with a technology, inevitably they need to raise a lot of money. I mean, they need to raise millions to to get to a point where they can exit, as we say. But quite honestly, even having 50000 or 100000 in hand is huge because it helps to determine whether or not they can move forward. So I see uh, Music Beats Cancer as being a platform that will hopefully be a go-to platform for the public in terms of fighting the war on cancer, but also a go-to platform for innovators who need that passion capital. So that's, that's how I, I'm kind of visioning the, the future. If listeners and music artists as well as innovators want to learn more about Music Beats Cancer and want to get involved, what's the best way they could do that? So our uh, website is uh, musicbeatscancer.org and they can also certainly um, make, a, make a contribution to any campaign that resonates with them. And those that wish to support one of these campaigns can do so on our campaign page and make a donation online. They can also donate to something called our Community Mega Fund. And uh, the Community Mega Fund is a fund that matches the crowd dollar for dollar. And the monies that are raised by the artists go into this Community Mega Fund. And so anybody can donate to it. And, and we also have a number of music establishments that are supporting this mega fund, like Republic Records. And we also work with Vivo. So this is all very helpful to sort of get the public behind and especially the music going public uh, supporting, if, you know, if not the campaigns directly, but maybe the, the matching fund, which will match the donors. Um, and also, if the listeners are music uh, musicians themselves, we'd love for them to join and be part of our sort of army of artists. Again, the website is musicbeatscancer.org. And if you want to contact the organization via Twitter, their handle is musicbeatcancer. And if it's Facebook and Instagram, it's musicbeatscancer.org. Here at 105.9 The Region, we play the best of the 80s, 90s, and now. And this is a music-based podcast. And saying that, did you want to take us out with a song request? I'd love to hear uh, the song Jump by Eddie Van Halen. As you may know, um, Eddie Van Halen recently passed away from throat cancer. And just sort of as a tribute to him, I'd, I'd love to hear that song. And he was so iconic and transforming for so many. So, yeah, I think I think his song would be appropriate. All right, we'll get that for you, Mona. Mona Javeri, the founder of Music Beats Cancer, thank you so much again for taking the time to speak with us. Thanks again, Christina.
Discovery, the radio show for podcasters, exclusive to 105.9 The Region. Expand your audience and extend your reach. Send us your podcast, info at 1059theregion.com.